So we're going to do some heart practices this afternoon. <clears throat> That's heart with a T, not with a D. So uh, just connecting with your posture, feeling the, the weight of your body sitting here. Letting yourself fully rest into this this spot right here, your seat. And feeling the space above and around you. exactly feeling it but being aware of and I'd like to invite you to bring your attention to your heart center If it's helpful, you can just touch your heart center. And just bring to mind someone or something that brings a sense of uh, friendliness and love to your heart. Could be a, a child or a friend or a creature or even a, a memory, a moment in nature. Just whatever helps to open your heart and bring that friendliness. So an unentangled friendliness. And just let your heart receive that image and open. So I'd like you to imagine that your heart is like a, like a lamp, like the old gas lamps, where you have to raise the wick a little bit and then strike a match and the light pops on and often at the beginning it's just a very gentle glow we used to have those lamps when we were kids so I'm familiar with them 
But the old lamps is like they create just a just a little gentle glow in the in the beginning, and then if you need more light, you have to turn up the wick a little more, give more fuel. So just imagining at your heart center, there's that lamp, and you're igniting it with the the image of this friend or this dear one. And so that lamp is glowing there in the center of your heart. And with each in-breath, you can just imagine that you're giving a little bit more fuel to that light. So the light shines just a little bit more brightly with each breath. With each in-breath. And uh, with each out-breath. You just, uh, so with each in-breath, you're, you're bringing more fuel. And with each out-breath, you're letting the light spread just a little further. And you don't need to be concerned whether the light is very tiny or whether it's already roaring and radiant. However it is, is, it's just like this, it's perfect. So if we don't take care of that light, of that flame, it can easily go out. So then we need to bring that image again, light it again. And then breath by breath, keep nourishing the flame. the more we put our attention on the heart center and on letting the breath brighten that quality, then the, the stronger the, the light is. And this light, we can call it the light of metta, the light of benevolence, of friendliness, of unconditional friendliness for all beings. So just as light doesn't, the sunlight doesn't uh, discriminate, well I'm going to shine over there but I'm not going to shine on those people. I'll shine on them but I'm not going to shine on them. It doesn't do that, it just shines on everything indiscriminately. So we let this light shine in the same way.
And now I'd like to invite you as you breathe in to continue nourishing the flame. And as you breathe out, just just invite that light to shine out, to radiate in front of you, ahead of you, so that it touches everyone, everything in front of you. And it can go far or just go a little way, whatever it wants to do. But the important thing is that you're not limiting it. You're not putting any boundaries on it. So that it's boundless. So you let that warmth, that light radiate and touch everyone, everything in front of you. So it goes through you and out. Now I'd like to invite you to also let that light shine out further to your right. So you keep generating the, you keep uh, nourishing the flame with the breath, with the in-breath and with the out-breath. Just encourage it to go out to your right so that it touches everyone and everything to your right. radiating in front of you and to the right of you. And now I'd like to invite you to also let that same quality radiate behind you. So it's coming out from your heart center through you and out behind you as far as it wants to go.
so that it touches everyone and everything behind you. And now I'd like to invite you to let that same quality radiate out to your left. So it touches everyone and everything to your left. So now that same radiant quality is radiating all around you, through you and around you. And now, radiating that same quality above you, for all beings above you. And finally, letting that same quality of metta radiate below you for all of the creatures in the earth and for the earth itself. So now there's a sphere of metta radiating from your heart center. It might just be a little tiny sphere, that's okay. It might be vast. Could be anything in between. And with each breath, with each in-breath, you give it a little bit more fuel. And with each out-breath, you invite it to radiate 
a little bit further. Not forcing, but just gently nourishing and encouraging this quality to radiate. So this light, this warmth, has the quality of unconditional friendliness.
And as you generate this quality that's radiating for the benefit of all beings, you might find that uh, your own being is being bathed with this same quality. So the practice of metta, not only developing a wholesome intention in the mind, in the heart, but also when we really practice metta and we really let it radiate and keep generating that quality, it uh, starts to transform things in our body and mind. even on a cellular level. So cells can remember, it can hold trauma, can hold stress, and this metta practice can start to transform and heal that. If we give it proper attention,
Bring your attention back fully to your body. Feel the weight of your body sitting here. And be aware of the space above and around you that is maybe a little more filled with metta than when we came in. And in a moment I'm going to ring the bell and uh, it's your choice. You can keep generating the metta. If it's already strong you can just let it keep going or you can change mode. So it, it needs our conscious in, intention and attention to arise in this way. You know, there are times when somebody or something just touches our heart and, we, and it opens. But for this real unconditional friendliness, we have to put in a little effort, a little intention. So if you, uh, if you want to, you can take that with you onto the walking path or you can just simply move back to the body and breath. So in this practice of, of metta, in this way, it's, it's, uh, this is, this, what we were practicing was what we chanted this morning. I will abide pervading one quarter with a heart imbued with loving kindness. Likewise the second to the right, likewise the third to the back, likewise the fourth to the left. So above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself. So that was uh, what we were just doing, and um, in that practice, we're no longer, you know, saying trying to have meta for ourselves, and then trying to have meta for someone we like, and trying to have meta for someone we don't know, and trying to have for somebody we don't like. We're just skipping all that and just radiating metta for the benefit of all beings and and it just it comes because it's starting at our heart center it comes through us we we get it we you know i can enjoy sitting here buzzing with metta and and it goes out for all beings so in some ways uh, and this is how the the buddha gave the that teaching of the practice of metta so it's a very simple practice and it's also a practice that uh, points to anatta to not self. It's uh, it's not me and you. It's just metta. And uh, the one of the qualities of metta is that it breaks down those uh, divisions between you and me, them and us. And uh, so it's an important quality to develop. And it's also if you know if you have a lot of fear, if if anxiety and fear is a frequent companion. 
then metta practice is very, very powerful for transforming that. So, uh, you know, it's a, um, an important practice and a transformational practice. And I hope you'll, you know, use it daily. It's, uh, we won't be teaching it daily, but there's plenty of meditation opportunities. So I hope you will practice it daily. And I may also bring in um, similar practice with compassion. So today we're looking at right thought, thoughts of loving, thoughts of non-ill will is equivalent to thoughts of metta, thoughts of non-harm equivalent to thoughts of compassion, thoughts of non-greed equivalent to thoughts of generosity or renunciation. Okay. So um, today at just to let everyone know that today at three thirty there will be the affinity group for people of colour. So if... Uh, I don't know. And... Uh, so... They oh, throw me off now. Um, Sorry. That's alright. Affiliation group, affinity group. Anyway. And uh, this is an opportunity for anyone here who identifies as a person of colour to just have some time of practice together with others who also identified as people of colour. And uh, this might, um, in some ways, following on from what I'm saying about metta and and all beings and not not having a sense of self and other, uh, it might seem odd, you know, well, why, why single out? people of colour. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a similar group for uh, LGBTQI, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, investigating, I think the I is, I'm not sure. People who, ha- who identify in that group uh, will be, will have an opportunity to sit together tomorrow and uh, I just want to say, you know, because I'm sitting here looking out on this sea of faces, it is remarkably white. There's a sea of white faces, and every here and there, <laughs> there's uh, a face that isn't, and you know, this one too. And uh, when when we're in the ma- majority, it can be hard to know what it's like to be in the, in a minority group and in a marginalised group. And uh, I know that sometimes. Um, People who are in the majority group feel, well, what it feels wrong, you know, why, why are these people separating off and, and going and having some separate little thing going on there? Why, why can't they just be here? We're all the same. We're all together. So first of all, we are all here together most of the time, but there's uh, an opportunity for people who are in, who are by their nature. Uh, m- well, not by their nature, but, but because of because of society, actually, not by their nature at all, but because of society in marginalised groups, and it can be very helpful to be together with others who have similar experiences and just to sit together. So my, I have kind of a, quite a resonance with this because of having been a nun, and I am a nun, but having been a nun in a predominantly male environment for many years and. I stayed in one monastery for maybe four years 
was a lot of monks, and sometimes there were only two or three nuns. And in the mornings, we would sit in a room and we at breakfast. We'd have breakfast, and it was very formal and silent, so a little bit like this actually. And there would be about twenty monks sitting there, and two or three nuns. We'd be on the side. They would all be sitting very formally, and we'd be on the side, and then the abbot would be in the middle. And you know, Buddhist monks. I mean, like harmless, kind, good people, you know, not not like, you know, not in a room full of, you know, <laughs> convicts or, you know, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a dangerous situation. And yet, because we were such a tiny minority and there was this sense of, of otherness, fear would arise. I would feel fear. And I'd be sitting there at breakfast, feeling fear in this room full of monks, thinking, this is crazy, you know, they're Buddhist monks, there's nothing wrong, there's no problem. But, but because we were a minority, and they were a majority, and there was this certain sense of otherness, that they couldn't really understand our situation, it was a scary, a little bit. So, uh, this is why um, there are these affiliation groups, so that people can sit with people that there's a sense of affiliation with, a deeper sense of affiliation and a shared experience with, and relax. <laughs> so for me, when I, was a, when I was a nun, you know, we had our little nun's cottage down the road, that was a completely different experience. You're like, okay, it might only be three of us, but we might not even get on, it doesn't matter, because there's a sense of, we understand each other, and then going into that other environment, also you know, on on which was on the terms, we would go up to their place, and it was like, it was, um, it felt vulnerable. So as you probably know, you know, when we when we're practicing, a really important part of the support for the practice is to feel a sense of safety, so that we can relax. Because if we don't relax, then we don't really let ourselves drop into the practice. So this is uh, the offering of IMS to provide those places for those who would like to use them. Not that everybody who identifies in that way has to use them, but it's an opportunity. And I wanted just to speak a bit, little bit about it for those who are not, you know, who are in the, the majority, the white majority or heterosexual majority, probably in this room, to uh, hopefully I don't know if it does get across or not, but to hopefully give you a little. Uh, indication as to why th why that why, why that happens. Okay. I also uh, living in the UK um, as a, a nun in that situation. Uh, the the monks community, you know, what how they lived was normal. It was all everything was geared towards the way they lived because it was kind of their place, and so there was no. They didn't have to put take themselves out of their comfort zone, their normal. This is how we do things. Zone into a into a, a more challenging situation that was different. Whereas we were having to daily put ourselves into a situation where we were the the, the marginalised ones, and you know, doing it very consciously. I was very conscious of it, but it, and it was and it's a practice. You've got to work hard to uh, you know to not get angry or you know. Just kind of want to shake at somebody and tell, can't you see? You know, it, it would be a practice to to really just like work with the blindness actually of of the majority group. 
um, and that majority group could not see what it might be like to be in a minority because they never were. So I just ask, so in some ways you kind of have to go on faith that all of us who are in the majority here have to go on faith that there is a, there is a, a need for this and it's not that um, the separation is somehow uh, making it, 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 it doesn't, the, separa- the separation doesn't make the separation stronger, it actually makes the integration more possible. So I just wanted to offer that. And uh, we'll have the walking meditation now and the group discussions. Yes, yeah, so it's, so the, the room number and the time is posted on the wall out there. I, on the first day I said it's a sign-up, but actually there's no sign-up, you just go. And, uh, and it'll be alternating, so today's people of colour and tomorrow is LGBTQI and then people of colour and it'll, it'll flip like that. Some people might attend both, whatever. So that will be from today until the 15th. 10th, sorry, 10th, 15th. I want to be here longer. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. Um, I did. So uh, we we won't be back for the next sitting. And uh, at 4.15 there'll be the Gentle mindful yoga again for those who would like. Okay. All right.